Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you that this morning that you give us ears to hear. Lord, that you tune us in this morning. Lord, wake us up. Arrest us today. Wake us up. Wake up our inner man this morning, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would stretch. Stretch us, Lord. Increase, increase, Lord, this morning our capacity for you. Lord, increase our capacity for you. Lord, a room full of of new wineskin, Lord, a, a, a room full of supernatural sponges, Lord, soaking up, drinking up, receiving, Lord, all that you have for us this morning. Lord, increase. Come on, is that your prayer this morning? Right now, I take authority over this atmosphere in the mighty name of Jesus. I take authority over your complacency. I take authority over every distraction, over every hindering spirit in the name of Jesus. May your mind be open. May your spirit man be open. And every plan of the enemy to stop the work of the Lord today and hinder you from receiving all that God has for you is broken in Jesus' name. Tell somebody next to you, I'm going to get... Come on, tell somebody next to you, I'm going to get all from the Lord today that He has planned for me. Come on, shout hallelujah if you believe that this morning. You know, if you're not careful, I want you to listen to me. If you're not careful, you can allow the distractions of life and the issues of life to stop you from receiving all that God has for you today. If you come in on Sunday and want to be entertained, they don't do the right song or all those things. You, you know, those are distractions. Those are distractions. Is anybody here this morning? You've, you, have to learn, you have to learn how to find your pleasure and delight in the Lord. Not in the song, not in the whatever. Did they say hi to me or whatever? You learn to find your delight in the Lord. Learn to find your joy in Him. Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, Jesus. You know, every single one of you in this room are after something this morning. Everyone in this room is pursuing something this morning. Is my microphone working? Can you hear me? I want you to look at me. Everyone in this room is, under, is pursuing something. You're pursuing pleasure and joy in something. You're pursuing delight in, in your relationships. You're pursuing pleasure and joy in, in your career and wherever. Our ultimate source of joy can only be found in the Lord. And so one of your, your, greatest, your greatest opportunity for joy. Are you ready? Your greatest opportunity for joy is pursuit of God with everything that you have. It's not the, you can find a temporary happiness in your job, your career, your success, your finance. You can, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. God gave us those blessings, and there's nothing wrong, but it's temporary. Tell somebody next to you, it's temporary. It's, it's going to pass. 
There's going to come a moment where your career is going to change. There's going to come a moment where somebody you work with says something to you and you feel like you chose the wrong career path. You feel like you chose the wrong job. Your family member is going to say something or do something to you and there's offense, there's problems, there's issues, whatever happens, happens. But let me tell you, that is never going to happen with the Lord. If you pursue pleasure and joy and delight in the Lord... Well, I'll just preach to myself, because I I know it to be true. If you find joy in God, His joy is your strength. His joy and His delight is your strength. And so as you find pleasure and delight in the Lord, you just press in. You keep pursuing Him. You keep pressing in. You keep pursuing Him. And the joy that you find in Him, is it's not temporary. It's not fleeting. It doesn't change just because somebody said something to you. It doesn't change because they don't sing your song at church. It doesn't change because somebody at the doors didn't hold open the door long enough for you. It doesn't, good Lord. I I mean, the first, my first Sunday at this church, what was it? Uh, How many years ago? Nine years ago now. The first Sunday, there was a person who held the door shut on me because I was on, or on my wife, one of the two of us, because we were on our cell phone trying to figure something out. Talking on the phone, they held the door shut on us because you couldn't come into church with your cell phone on. I didn't lose my joy that day. <laughs> you know, somebody could, you could lose your joy that We don't do that now. But, you, you know, you could lose your joy over that. But I, I didn't lose my joy because my, my life is not dependent on whether somebody held the door open for me or held it shut on me. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, thank you, Lord. So pursue, pursuit of the joy of the Lord is so important in your life. Pursuit of His joy in your life. I'm not preaching on this this morning. I just think it's helpful. I just think it's helpful for you because we can, we can get so distracted by life and all the issues and all the things. But the, the point of it is God wants you. There, that, is, that is His call to you. He said, I've spoken these things that my joy might be in you and it might be full. He wants you to have fullness of His joy. He doesn't want you to be miserable. Now listen, uh, that was point one. And this isn't my message, but point two. I just want to share this with you. If, if the pursuit of God's joy is the, is the, uh, the press, uh, I don't want to say press, but it is the, the pinnacle. There we go. If the pursuit of God's joy in our life is the p- pinnacle of Christian life and everything that flows out of that joy, it strengthens us. It, it stirs a passion in our heart. You, you don't have passion for God if you don't have joy in God. Nobody has passion for things they don't enjoy. Right? So if your passion's low, your joy's probably low. So if you, nobody has passion for things that they don't enjoy. But if you find joy in something, you have passion for it, Right? So, so let me keep walking this out. So joy is the pinnacle of the Christian life. It's the passion, it's the delights where we find joy in His Word, joy in His presence, joy in giving. If you, if you haven't found joy in the Lord, you're not a giver. Right? As Pastor Heather was talking about discipline earlier. Everybody hates the word discipline. So let me give you another word, joy. Find joy in God, and then all of a sudden those disciplines become a delight. I don't have to tell my wife, be happy going to the gym. She, it's a delight. It's become her delight. It's joy, right? I, nobody has to tell me, you got to be happy when you give. You should be passionate about giving. No, I don't. I don't need someone to tell me that because I found the delight in giving. It's the abundance. It's the overflow, right? 
So keep walking this out. So joy is the pinnacle. And if, if the pinnacle of joy is, is the, that, that is where we find uh, our fulfillment in God, that joy in Him, then this, the greatest display, uh, the greatest work of God's, of God's glory in the earth is how He redeems and, and works through the local church, right? That is God's plan, is the local church. There is no other plan. Amen. That's always been the plan. It's the plan in the New Testament church in Acts, and it's continued to today. He uses his body, his church, as, as a uh, kingdom-advancing uh, people in the earth. His kingdom, we talked about this last week, is advanced in the earth because of his church, because of his people. Right? We are the body of Christ, right? You've been called out. The, the very sense of the word of being called out, the chosen, you're part of God's church. Amen? You're part of his body. So the greatest expression of the joy of the Lord is found corporately in his church. It's pursuit. So the pursuit of his joy in your personal life is the pinnacle. It's the, it's the utmost of, of your Christian life. And the greatest display of that is found in the church. So one of the greatest ways to experience, you put those together, outside of your personal prayer time and, and time with the Lord, the second greatest way to experience the joy of the Lord is corporately. It's, it's in the body. It's, it's when you and I get together and worship the Lord together and we serve together and we minister together and we reach out to our community together and we pray together. That is the, I wish somebody would help me this morning. Maybe you're just learning. Maybe the wheels are just turning. The hamster in your brain is getting on the track this morning. I know the feeling. I had to have my extra cup of coffee this morning. I know. You just, and you're, you're connecting the dots, Right. So joy in your personal life and joy at church. When you come into church, you should come in expecting to joy together. <laughs> expecting to joy together. Joy in serving, joy in worshiping, and the joy together. Rejoice. When you joy together, you rejoice. That's where rejoice comes from. You're joying together. You're joying. There's an abundance. There's an, you're rejoicing. Together. All right. Now I should get to my message. Was that helpful for anybody? That was just a free. Joy together. That's, that's, that's going to be your goal this week, is to find joy in the Lord and joy together. Acts chapter 2. Last week we talked about the promise of the Father, and today I want to talk about Praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Why do we pray in tongues? <clears throat> well, let me read the scriptures first, then I'll... Acts chapter 2. I'm going to give you a few... We're going, to just, we're going to go through the Bible today. So I hope you're ready. I hope you find joy in the word of the Lord this morning. This is a good word. Why do we pray in tongues? Why should you pray in tongues? And, and, and if you feel like you're an expert on this, then I just want to encourage you to keep listening. You'll get that when you go home. 
By the way, Next Steps is starting May 24th, and it's on Wednesdays at 7. I would encourage you to be a part of Next Steps. It's a great opportunity to go deeper in your faith. You say, well, I, I've been around Celebration for a while, or I've gone through it before. Great. Bring somebody with you. Do it again and bring somebody with you. It is, it's life-changing. And uh, Heather and I are going to be teaching this round. It starts May 24th, so I would encourage you to be a part of that. Bring somebody um, if you're new to celebration, newer to the church, or know someone that's newer, this, this is our foundation class. It's four weeks. It's foundational. You'll want to be a part of that. But Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, if you flip over to Isaiah chapter 28, Isaiah chapter 28, it says, For with stammering lips, verse 11, Isaiah 28, verse 11, it says, For with stammering lips, and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Hallelujah. And then uh, Isaiah 44, you can just flip over a couple chapters. I read, it, read this one last week, but I'll read it again. Isaiah 44, verse 3, it says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. And then one more verse I want to give you if you're jotting these down. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, verse, well, I'll start in verse 17. It says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what it is. Verse 18, here it is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Hallelujah. I grew up in church in... Uh, you know, every Sunday, maybe you can relate to this, every Sunday there was a, there was a particular woman in our church, and I won't name names, because uh, you never know who gets these, and so it doesn't really matter, but we'll just call her Sister So-and-So. But Sister So-and-So every week, every week Sister So-and-So during, at the end of worship, would give a message in tongues, and, and there would be an interpretation. And it was, anybody ever seen oddities, you know, in church before? Raise your hand if you've ever seen oddities. I'll raise both hands in my foot. Seen oddities in church. I'd raise my other foot if I wouldn't fall. I need a catcher. <laughs> anyway, we've all seen oddities in church when it comes to the Holy Spirit, to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, or what people call the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that every Sunday, it would just be this odd thing. And then, you know, we would talk about around this time of the year, it was Pentecost Sundays coming up. So every year around this time, we would talk about Pentecost, and we'd talk about everybody needs the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You need the power. And I believe that. We need, we need, I preached on that last week. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need, and, and He gives us power to live holy. He gives us power to witness. And, but, but that was about as far as it would go. And, and everybody would talk about, you need to have power to be witnesses, power to be holy. And I would, I would leave church and I would, I would watch, as a, growing up in church, I'd watch people in the church and think, man, they pray in tongues at the altar, but their life seems pretty weak if they got power. They're not witnesses. They're not, they're not witnessing. I was, this wasn't a judgment. It was just my observation growing up in church. There's, they're talking about power on Sunday, and they're praying in tongues on Sunday, but what's happening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because there ain't no power. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. Maybe this morning you might fall into one of those categories. One of those people that you come in church and shake and quake on Sundays and pray in tongues on Sundays, but the rest of the week. And, and I didn't understand what the disconnect was because Jesus said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will have power to be my witnesses. So why were people receiving the Holy Spirit but not being powerful witnesses. Have you ever asked that question? And then I discovered, I believe one of the keys to, to the answer to my question, I want to share it with you this morning, is that we talk a lot about the evidence of tongues. We talk a lot about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, and it, it's, it is part of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But praying in tongues is more than just an evidence. Praying in tongues is a lifestyle. Praying in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit is a lifestyle. It's not something that you just receive at the altar once in your lifetime. You know, I, if, I, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, well, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit when I was 50 years old. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. I'm constantly being filled, continuing. And that's what we just read in Ephesians. Be being filled. So praying in the Spirit is a lifestyle. Number one, it is a lifestyle. This isn't something that you check the box on once. This isn't just an evidence. And, and the Bible gives us, you know, we, in the Assemblies of God, we, have, you know, we teach um, that, that praying in the Spirit is the evidence. The speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it is, but it's not just an evidence. If, you know, a lot of times I think in church we get the idea that I prayed in the Spirit at church or this is something that I do, uh, it's, it's very private, it's very personal, and, and, but there's more to it than that. And I want to dive in this morning and just give us some clues about how we connect the power that we've received from Jesus in, into a lifestyle that we walk in the Spirit every day. And so if you hadn't noticed, we have a, one of the slides that rotates through, and we've talked about it, is a tongues challenge. And I want to challenge you to pray in tongues at least 10 minutes a day. That you, you set an alarm on your phone, you do something to pray in the Spirit 10 minutes every day in your life. You say, well, I do it more than that. Then thank you, Jesus. Keep it up and increase it. Do, if you pray 
30 minutes a day or an hour a day. Look, I'm not trying to make it religious. I just want to challenge you to go deeper in the lifestyle of praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. And I, I can always tell, you know, as pastor, who's praying in the Spirit? Who has a lifestyle of praying in the Spirit? Because of the things we're going to talk about today. But one of the, one of the key characteristics of praying in the Spirit is your, your adaptability and flexibility to the things of the Lord. Someone who's very rigid and inflexible and dry and crusty, they have no, they have no river flowing in them. Right? There's no, the, the Bible compares the Holy Spirit to a river of life. When the river is flowing, when the power of God and the river is flowing, you, the, the greater degree of His river that's flowing, the more adaptable and flexible you are to the things of the Lord. And, and you don't get easily offended. You're not easily ruffled. Life doesn't easily throw. You, just, you learn to adapt by praying in the Spirit. I am convinced, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep teaching this whether you like it or not, just so you know. I, I am convinced, uh, I am absolutely convinced in my life, my life in ministry, my personal life, all of the aspects of my life, if I didn't know how to pursue joy in God through, the, through praying in the Spirit, learning to pray in tongues on a regular basis, I would not be where I am today. That is a fact. That is an absolute fact. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am in my walk with Christ. I wouldn't be where I am in ministry. I wouldn't be where I am in life today if I didn't pray in the Holy Ghost. Because... There are so many things in this life that will drain your power, that will drain you, that will try to uh, rob you of your joy, rob you of your spiritual discipline, rob you of all of the goodness of God. But learning to pray in the Spirit, we're going to look at this today, will, will cause you to become adaptable and flexible and, and mature in the things of the Lord. Okay? Y'all still out there? How many of you want to be adaptable in the things of the Lord? Amen. I don't want to be cranky and crusty. So, uh, so let's take a look at why we pray in the Spirit. Number one, that praying in the Spirit is a restoration of divine communication. So as we pray in tongues, it's divine. It's supernatural in origin. It's divine communication. And by the way, there are, we're not talking about... Uh, when we pray in the Spirit, there's, there's praying in, the, in tongues in our heavenly language for our personal benefit. We'll take a look at this. But there's praying in the Spirit for corporate. There's a message in tongues. There's the gift of tongues and interpretation that God gives by the Spirit to a church. And it's for the edification of the church. And then there's your personal prayer language. They're two different things. And there's a, a lot of people get this confused. That you have a prayer language, but just because you have a personal prayer language doesn't necessarily mean that you have the gift of tongues for corporate edification. It's kind of like, it's kind of like saying that you have a gift of prophecy, but it doesn't make you a prophet. Right? You may have a gift of prophecy that operates at, at times in your life, but a prophet flows in the prophetic office. It's totally different. And so just like shepherding, you might have a gift of shepherding and caring for, the, for people, 
um, you know, which is different. That shows up occasionally, you know, to care or to shepherd, but it's entirely different than the role of the pastor, right? And so the same is true for your personal prayer language. It's a personal gift, and the gift of the Spirit for messages and tongues and interpretation is for the corporate body. So praying in the Spirit is a restoration of divine communication. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2, and I'm going to read, read this from the NASB and the, the New American Standard and the message. But the NASB says this, For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. And so as we pray in the spirit, we are speaking mysteries to God between you and him. This is a, it's a heavenly language that you don't understand, but your spirit man does and is being edified as you pray to the Father. He knows. And then there's the message version, which I love this. It says, if you praise him and the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. I love that. So you're, you're in an intimate language with God. Praying in the Spirit is this, you know, if you go back to the garden, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what language Adam and Eve spoke. I don't know, uh, we don't, you know, we don't know what, that was before the, the languages changed and everything changed. We don't know what, what, what did that sound like? What did communication in the garden sound like? I would, I would venture to say it probably sounds, I don't, there's no biblical evidence of this, and I, I'm just speculating, but I'm sure it probably sounded a lot like tongues. It sounded a lot like a language that we don't know and we don't understand. It sounded like a divine, intimate communication between Adam and Eve and God as they walked together in that garden. And that's what God's trying to restore in your life through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He wants you to have this divine, intimate communication with Him. This communication that builds you up, this communication that changes your life, it's a lifestyle. I don't, you know, I don't just have uh, a conversation a day with Heather. We don't have just one. We just don't talk once and go on, right? Or once a week, you know, hey, here's your check-in. Hi, how are you doing? Right? Is anybody out there? You don't do that with someone that you, that you love, that you have a relationship with. You don't do that, right? You're in constant communication. You're in continual communication. And so praying, we pray in our natural and we pray in the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit is this divine communication between us and the Father. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, it says, If I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So praying in the spirit is, is, a, is praying for edification. Your, your natural mind, it bypasses your natural mind. It's, it's not something that your natural mind or logic understands. It's bypassing your brain. Occasionally you'll, you'll hear us say, don't think, just drink. Anybody heard us say that? Sometimes we get so headlocked. We have to figure God out. We have to figure his plan out. We have to figure out the next step. We have to know what to do and think through it. Sometimes, listen, I don't have a problem with engaging logic and your brain. God gave you a brain. Use it. But there's some times that we need to stop. We get so stuck in our brain that we, get, we, we don't use our inner man. We don't use our spirit man. 
right? We're trying, we try to do life with our natural brain instead of living from our spirit man, which is where we should live from, our inner man. And our inner man has divine communication called praying in the spirit, that we can pray in tongues with God. And it's, it's a, obviously it comes out of our mouth. It's not just an inward. Praying in tongues flows out of your mouth. It's not just inward. So when we pray in the Spirit, when we pray in tongues, our spirit prays, our inner man prays, but our understanding is unfruitful. You know, the other thing I want to uh, highlight about this is that Isaiah 55, I was just briefly talking about it. Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? So we know that God's thoughts, His ways, His thoughts towards us, towards life, are, are not the same as we think in our natural. In order for us to have God's thoughts, we have to have a supernatural download, right? That's where having the mind of Christ, we've been given the mind of Christ. And so praying in the Spirit helps us access what is in the mind of Christ. Praying in the Spirit helps us access what is available to us in God. It begins to, you know, as you pray in tongues, there's this download that comes, even though you can't understand what you're saying in the natural, there's a heavenly download that happens in your life. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, and there's, and we'll talk about this as we go through this, but um, as, you, as you're praying in the Spirit, God begins to reveal things to you. As you're praying in the Spirit, He begins to show you what you need to do, what steps you need to take. He begins to reveal things in your heart. That's, that's the power of praying in the Spirit. You're, you're turning off your natural brain, your natural perception on, the, on whatever the situation is, and you're allowing God to download and speak to you. <clears throat> and He'll do it. The awesome thing about this, I love this, we're praying in an unknown language. We're praying something that we don't understand in our natural mind. But when God begins to reveal to us, he does it in a way that we understand. Isn't it interesting that as we pray in the Spirit, we're praying in a, in a way that we don't understand in order to get from God what he understands. And he, and he gives it to us in a way that we understand it. As we pray in the Spirit, it's powerful. That's, that's one reason. This divine communication goes both ways. As we pray to Him, this isn't just a one-way street. Praying in the tongues, praying in tongues is not just aimed at, at God. Understand that a lifestyle of praying in the Spirit is not just communication aimed at Him. But as we pray in the Spirit, He begins to download into us. We're speaking mysteries. We're speaking things to Him that we don't understand. And it's, it's the restoration of this divine communication. It's, it's a love language to him. But then he begins to download and reveal things to us as well. First <clears throat> uh, Corinthians 14, 15 says, What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. So what Paul's telling us here is that we dance between both. We go between praying in our heavenly language and we pray in our natural language. Whatever your whether it's Chinese, English, Russian, whatever your natural language is, you pray in your natural language, you sing in your natural language, and you pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit. You know, this was one of the characteristics of Azusa Street was singing in the spirit. This taking time to just sing in the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to just as you sing a, a song, just as we were singing, you know, King of Glory, fill this place. As you sing out in the natural, 
a song. You take time to pause and allow the Holy Spirit to sing through you a spiritual song. The word that's used in Ephesians 5, that we sing spiritual songs, be filled with the Spirit, and sing spiritual songs, pneumotikos, pneumotikos, the spiritual song, Spirit-inspired songs. We sing out, not just in the natural, but we sing spiritual songs, spirit songs. That he begins to sing through us. And so as this works not just in our prayer time, but it's how we worship, it's how we sing to the Lord, it's how we speak to him. Every aspect of divine communication is changed and renewed and restored as we pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So praying in the Spirit, number two, tongues brings unity and fellowship. So as we pray in the Holy Spirit, we have unity and we have fellowship. Um, there, you know, our, our natural language can get us into a lot of trouble. Right? You can look, look at social media, the news media, all the things that's all around us. Our natural speak, our natural language can get us into a lot of trouble. But as we pray in the Holy Spirit, it unites us. No longer are we just arguing and bickering and fighting over things and trying to be heard and be understood. There's no need to be understood. When you're praying in the Spirit, when, you're, when we're worshiping together and, and you're praying in the Spirit or singing in the Spirit corporately together and we're unified in doing that, there's unity in that. No one's, no one's seeking to be understood. No, one, no one's walking around the church... Uh, Praying, shopping, 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 trying to understand, right? You need to understand me in the spirit, right? No, that's not happening. Let me be heard. Let me let me pray in tongues louder because you're not understanding me. Let me let me let me sing loud. That doesn't. That's not happening. Why? Because we're we're not seeking to be understood. Tongues is a is a heavenly communication. God understands it. He understands you absolutely perfectly when you pray in tongues. And so there's no, there's no room for fighting or, or discord when you pray in the Spirit. And the, you know, the other thing about this, I love when I'm traveling internationally and I'm in a, in a church environment and they're praying in the Spirit. Because I don't, they could be, I love it. I've even locally being in some of the Bhutanese services and such, you know, I, I could be in those meetings and they're singing in their natural language and doing their thing in the natural language. You know, you kind of maybe, you know, the tune of the song or whatever's happening. But then there's a distinct shift when it moves from the natural earthly language to the heavenly language. And people are praying corporately in the spirit. You have no idea that there's been a in the natural that there's been a change from an earthly language to a heavenly language, but in the spirit, it's very clear, and you know we've shifted. There's an atmosphere change. There's a language change. This is a heavenly language, not an earthly language, and it's very distinct. It's powerful. So, praying in the spirit brings unity. In Jude chapter one, verse twenty, Jude twenty, uh, Jude 20 from the New American Standard Bible says, "But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith." Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Here's how the Good News Bible says this is, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ 
to bring you to eternal life. So praying in the Spirit keeps you in the love of God, flowing in love, flowing in fellowship, flowing in partnership with one another. If you go back to um, Genesis 11, where the Tower of Babel was happening, you don't have to actually go there, but <clears throat> rewind in your brain, go back this week and read it. Genesis chapter 11 they talked about building this tower to heaven, and, and they said, let us build for ourselves, right? The focus was on them. Let us make for ourselves a name. Let us build for ourselves a tower. Nothing, God said, will be impossible for them. But their focus was, their motivation was, if you go to Genesis 11, their motivation was all about them. Right? Let's do this for, for me. Let's, let, let's do this for me. Let's show what, our, what, what power, what great strength we have. Let's build a reputation by building a tower. But on, on the day of Pentecost, when, the, when language is so... The, the Tower of Babel was when language was confused. The day of Pentecost was where language was restored. The day of Pentecost was where unity came. And all of a sudden, it wasn't any longer a place of division and strife. It was a place of unity. It wasn't self-glorification. They were praising God. The Bible says that they were praising and glorifying God. Everyone was amazed because they heard them praising and glorifying God. So praying in the Spirit brings unity. It brings fellowship. It, it lowers this, this level of pride. It begins to deal with this issue of pride and self-glorification. It's about God. Number three, praying in the Holy Spirit. As we pray in tongues, it builds us up in our holy faith. As we read Jude 1.20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. It edifies, builds you up in your faith. What is faith? Faith is, you've heard me say this a million times, I'm sure, but faith is our spiritual perceptions, how we perceive the spiritual world around us. It's the un, this, there's this unseen world of God all around us right now. There's this unseen world of God happening all around us, happening in heaven. It's all around right now. And, and we can't see it with our natural. We can't perceive it with, with our natural. We get glimpses of it. We get glimpses of it in creation. We get glimpses, glimpses of it in, in, in the body of Christ. We get glimpses of it. But how we really perceive and how we really see what's happening in the spirit world is through faith. Faith is our spiritual eyes. Faith is our, our spiritual sense of touch. Faith makes these abstract realities real to us. No one, no one had to, I don't have to tell you you're born again. Right? I don't have to come have a, an, a, a logical, rational conversation to tell you, you're, Tony, you're born again. Right? I don't have to sit down and do that. Why? Because faith has illuminated in your heart the reality of redemption. Faith has made real in your life redemption. It's made real a, a, an unseen, abstract reality of redemption. It is, it is as sure as the stage I'm standing on. I can't see salvation. I can't see Jesus in my natural eyes. I can't see his presence in this room right now. But just as sure as I'm standing on this stage, he's here. Just as sure as I'm standing on this stage, salvation is real. Just as sure as I'm standing here today, he's here, he's walking through this place. Well, how do I know that? 
Faith makes it real. Faith makes the unseen seen. So praying in the Holy Spirit builds us up in our faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit takes... Here's how faith works. Let me just give you 30,000. Let me back out before I, before I go detail here. 30,000 foot view of this is that how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing... Romans says, hearing the message concerning Christ. So we hear the Word of God. The Word of God is deposited in us either through the reading of the Word. God speaks through creation. He speaks through others. All of the things, right? The ways that God speaks to us, obviously none of it ever contradicts His written Word. We know that, right? But the, the Word of faith, the Word is deposited into us, right? And then as we pray in the Holy Spirit... What happens? It's like taking a coal that is, that's lit, that's just, you know, there's an ember of a coal. And as you begin to pray in the Spirit, it's like blowing on that coal and seeing it fan into flame. It's stirring it up. That's why, that's why Paul wrote to Timothy, fan into flame. The embers are burning in your heart. Faith has been deposited Timothy, by the laying on of hands and, and the testimony that you've heard, you've received this. It's in your heart. you got to stir it up. How do you do that? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. And it, it illuminates, it enlivens faith. Then what happens is your, is your faith is built up. If faith is our spiritual perception of unseen realities, then what happens is you pray in the Spirit and faith is built up. You're able to perceive unseen realities in a greater degree. So if you feel like you're disconnected from the Lord, or you feel like your spiritual life has stagnated, or if you feel like you're in a, 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 in a place where you don't know what direction to go, or things seem confused, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Because what happens is faith is built up, and you begin to see and to hear and to realize spiritual realities that are happening all around you. This is good stuff. This will change your life. Living this as a lifestyle, this will change your life. This isn't something you can just pick and choose. You have to live a lifestyle of praying in the Holy Ghost. And it, you, know, you say, well, Pastor, my, you know, I'm not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, good, you can receive. This gift is for all. <laughs> That's what Peter said. It's for all. So you just got to know Jesus, you know? It's a gift. You receive salvation by faith. You can receive the gift of the Spirit by faith. And all of a sudden, your faith, you know, so this is what, you know, let me just, gosh, this is so good. I, I could talk about this for days. This is, this is life, this is life changing. This is life changing. So salvation, when, when you're born again, there's no tangible evidence in that moment that you're born again. The, the evidence that you're born again, the Bible tells us that the, we're sealed by the Spirit. So we have a, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We get the deposit of the Spirit. The, it's like the, for us in our modern world to understand, it's like the promise ring. That we, we have the, the seal of the Spirit. We have the seal of redemption on our life. And, and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us that we're children of God, right? But that's how we know. And then, and then what happens? Our lifestyle begins to change. The things we desire begin to change. But other than that, there's no tangible, real, put-your-finger-on-it evidence. 
But the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, is this work of God in our life that actually gives us a tangible reality of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it's called tongues. Isn't that awesome? That I don't have to question whether or not I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. He gives me a very real, tangible evidence called praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. And it's very clear. It's very evident. It's, it's coming out of your mouth. It's not just something that happens in your heart. The words come out of your mouth. We see that throughout Scripture uh, in, the, in the New Testament. We see it in the Old Testament as well. We read it from Isaiah 28 that another tongue, praying in tongues, is not just a New Testament concept. This is not just an Acts 2 concept. This is not just Jesus showing up on the scene. This was prophesied 700 years. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before the day of Pentecost, saying that with stammering lips and another tongue, he'll speak to you. So this is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle building up your faith. Number four, praying in the Spirit brings edification. So he builds us up in our faith and Praying in the Spirit also edifies us. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So there's edification in your life building up. It's the brick by brick. <coughs> edify, edify or edification means to build a structure. So as you pray in the Spirit, God is building your life brick by brick, precept upon precept. You can come into church and you hear the Word of God preached. You, you uh, go to small group and you talk at small group about the messages you're hearing or diving into a curriculum or book study. You're hearing these things. Well, as you pray in the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit's doing is taking those spiritual, biblical concepts and the things that you've talked about, and He's assimilating them into your life. Have you ever heard something preached or something discussed in a small group and you thought, Lord, I can never do that? And, and you just seem dumbfounded at the Word of God. Has anybody ever been dumbfounded by the Word of God? Please, everyone raise your hand. If you've not been dumbfounded by the Word of God, then you're not reading it, right? <laughs> There's something in Scripture that's going to cause you some conflict at some point. And you're going to scratch your head and you're going to say, Lord, I know you said this, but it's not reality in my life and I may not even want it. You ever been there where you know the Lord's telling you to do something? You're like, I don't really want that one. Can we just take a magic marker and let's not deal with that? Because I'd rather be grumpy and cranky. I don't want to, you know, I want to tell them what I think. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I'm going to. Right? And we want to we black out some of those things. But praying in the Spirit assimilates Scripture into our heart and our life. It's brick by brick, edifies, takes what, what we know from the Word of God, what our head knows, and deposits it into our inner man, our spirit man, and helps it become a reality in our life. You know, I, I can't talk about this enough. Edification, spiritual edification is so important. Spiritual edification is so important. Building yourself up in the things of the Lord. No one else will do this for you. Right? I, and, and nobody else can, by the way. 
I would love, if I could, I would, I would just come over to you and I'd stick my hand right into your spirit, man, and start depositing things into your inner man. That would be really gross and kind of a cool sci-fi movie. It might be a really good sci-fi movie. Church, where the pastor deposits things into your spirit. You know, I'd love, I'd love just to put the bricks of God's word in you, and it would just be that simple. We could just give you a vaccination, and you'd have it, and you'd be good to go. You swallow the matrix pill, and everything would be over. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not how it works. The spiritual deposit comes when you take responsibility and ownership for your own spiritual well-being. Got it? So if you want, if you want to grow, you got to take spiritual ownership and responsibility. And one of the best ways to do that is praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues a lot. Because what the Holy Spirit then begins to do is what you cannot do. What you're unwilling maybe to do. Right? Have you ever found yourself... Don't, you don't raise your hand, because I know it's true. Don't raise your hand, I know it's true. But have you ever found yourself just not having the desire for God, or the desire for His Word, or the desire for His presence, or just feeling conflict? You just don't have the desire. Yeah, we, yeah, see, you're all telling on yourselves. Praying in tongues. Pray in tongues. And you say, well, I don't feel like it. You know, it's, it's so... <laughs> You, when you start, you know, it's like, come on, I don't want to do this. And then you just, and you just start praying in the spirit. And then all of a sudden things start shifting for you. Things start shifting because it's no, it's not, it's not you. It's not your strength. It's no longer, right? It's no longer you. It's Christ in you. It's, it's the Holy Spirit in you building, edifying brick by brick things in your life. Yep. So praying in the Spirit edifies, spiritual edification. And we live in a world, by the way, that, that will rob you. I mean, from goodness. There's so many things that, that will distract you and steal the joy of the Lord. His, you know, get you sidetracked. From, from walking in peace, walking in assurance, all of the things. And so praying in the Spirit, turn off the TV, turn off Alexa, turn off whatever, right? And, and just pray in the Holy Ghost. If, hey, I, I have a suggestion for you. you. You should make sure Alexa or Siri know how to play some good drinking music. Whatever that have that whatever that is, program that into your phone. Whatever you need, good drinking Jesus music. Good, we call it drinking music or saturation music. Whatever you whatever it is you want to call it, call it. But have it programmed in, and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And you're off. You know when you're busy at work and you feel stressed out, plug in the worship and pray in tongues. Right. When you're, when you're dealing with cantankerous people, just put in the... When you're running down the trails, put in the worship, pray in the Spirit. 
You just go running right by. I'm praying and pray loudly in the Holy Ghost. All the, all the creepy people will leave you alone. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Build yourself up. There used to be, years ago, we used to say, we used to have this terminology, praying until the glory comes. Pray in the Spirit until the glory comes. Pray until there's breakthrough. Grab hold, as we used to say, of the horns of the altar. I still am glad we have no horns on our altar. It could get really messy. But just grab hold of the altar. Grab hold. Pray in the Spirit until breakthrough happens. Because I promise, as you pray in the Spirit, breakthrough is going to happen. It's not you. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. He's edifying. He's building up. Breakthrough's coming. Number five, we pray in the Spirit. We pray in tongues because it brings victory over our weaknesses. Anybody have weaknesses? <laughs> Everybody said amen. Romans 8, 26 through 28. In the same way, the Spirit also soon anti-lambanamai. Pastor, were you praying in tongues? No, that's the Greek word for helps. Soon anti-lambanamai. He helps our weakness because we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. So soon anti-lambanamai, he helps us. <clears throat> this word, soon anti-lambanamai, have you got it in you yet? So soon anti-lambanamai, it is a actual, it's God coming to wrestle and work and strive with you when you're unable. The idea here is if you've ever seen, uh, the, this is the best way I can explain this, if you've ever seen someone out in the ocean that's stuck in a, they're drowning. They're stuck, they can't get out, they're in a riptide, whatever, and the, and the, uh, the what you call them, lifeguard goes running. I am not a lifeguard. And he, the lifeguard goes running, and they strive, and they wrestle with the person and struggle with the person to get them back to safety. That is the, that is the image here of soon anti-lambanamai. It's a made-up word that, that Paul made up, but it's, it means that God comes alongside of us in our weaknesses where we don't have the strength, where we don't have the ability, and He wrestles with us and brings us into a place of victory. So where you don't feel like you have the victory, where you feel like you're weak or uh, emaciated, God wrestles. So pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit, and He wrestles. He works with you. As you pray in the Spirit, number six, that you pray the will of God for yourself. In, in the same verse here, in verse 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So as you pray in the Spirit, you're praying God's perfect will over your life. Isn't that good to know? You know, when we pray in our natural language, sometimes we can get confused with what God's will is and what our desires are. Right? We, go, we, we can dance into wishful thinking or ideas that we think about, it, but praying in the Spirit ensures we're praying the perfect will of God. Our natural prayers are oftentimes controlled by the situations we face. But our prayers in the Spirit, we're not, we're not dependent on what we see and know. 
in our natural to pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is spirit-inspired. It's spirit-led. It's the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, that gave them utterance, gave them the ability. So the Spirit is praying through us. And it's not based or rooted in how we view or see our natural circumstance. It's based on the mind of the Spirit. That's what this verse says. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. So we are praying and interceding the perfect will of God according, right, it says right here, the mind of the Spirit. So we're, we're not in conflict with God. We're not in conflict with His Word, not in conflict with His promises, but we are aligned with what God says and what His promises are when we pray in the Holy Spirit. So as we also, as we pray in tongues, number seven, we intercede for others. So you, there's, as we dance in this place of praying in the Spirit, oftentimes we, we start off, we don't know what we're saying, what we're praying for, but oftentimes the Holy Spirit will begin to show you, even reveal to you what you're praying for in the moment. He'll show you glimpses of what you're interceding for as you pray in the Spirit. Um, sometimes you pray in the Spirit. Maybe He'll put someone on your heart and you begin to pray in the Spirit and you start interceding for them. You're praying in tongues and intercession. Because the Spirit is making intercession. That's what He does. He makes intercession for you and I. He makes intercession for others in our lives. It's, this is quite powerful. Um, you know, if you don't know, if you, if you know someone who's going through a difficult situation, you don't always know what to pray. You don't always know how you should pray in that situation. But praying in the Spirit, you're, you're interceding the perfect will of God, even though you don't know what the will of God is. You, you might not have a revelation on what the will of God is for that situation or for that person or the direction they need to take. I want to challenge you, if you have children that are away from the Lord, pray in the Spirit. Intercede for them in the Spirit. Learn how to intercede for them in the Holy Ghost. Because mama and daddy and uncle and grandpa and auntie instincts can get in the way, and you have the natural ideas of how God should handle it. But God, God loves them more than you do, <laughs> right? So as you begin to intercede for them in the Spirit, you begin to pray the perfect will of God for their life. You begin to align, and, and we become co-laborers with God in this. So as we, as we pray in the Spirit, you are a co-laborer with God. He's, he's working through you to intercede for others. How powerful that God, who is absolutely not in need of anything from us, chooses to use us and use your mouth as a, as a mouthpiece of intercession to pray for others. That's powerful. So praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. We pray according to the will of God. We know that. So we intercede we pray God's will for ourselves. We pray God's will for others. Romans 8.27 says that we pray according. The Holy Spirit is interceding according to the will of God. We're praying according to the will of God. Number nine, we see God working on our behalf. When we pray in tongues, we see God working on our behalf. Romans 8.28, we'll just stay with this verse. It says that we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So as we begin to pray in the Spirit, our faith is, is awakened, right? It builds up our faith, and we begin to see the reality of the Scripture, that God is working on our behalf. 
God is working on your behalf. As you begin to pray in the Spirit, you're going you're gonna to see how God is working and the details. He'll show you how He's working on your behalf. He'll begin to illuminate things in your life that you didn't understand. You didn't know were there. He'll begin to show you things in your heart, in your life. You had no clue. You had no clue even that option was there. We all have blind spots. You know, just to talk about very natural thing. We all have areas of our life that we don't see, we don't know that are there. We have, we have these uh, limiting beliefs and lies that we believed about ourselves. All this stuff is built in to, to our experience and to our story, and, and we call them blind spots. We don't know that they're there, but we operate by them. Somebody could have told you 50 years ago, 20 years ago, you'll never, you'll never make it. You could never do that. And then every, every cycle in your life, when you try to go do something new or step out in faith to do something, those words taunt you and haunt you. And you that, yeah, I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. And it's just this cycle. Well, as you begin to pray in the Spirit, the Spirit begins to reveal to you. He brings up those things that are causing you to be stuck where you are. He begins to reveal truth and show you, hey, this God's working on your behalf. You gotta, you gotta step forward. You gotta step out of this. This thing's limiting you. And he begins to put, remember, the bricks in place in your life so that you're no longer attached to that old lie. Praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. So powerful as he changes the lie and the and the things that have kept you back. To see the truth so you can walk in and experience all that God has for you. That he's working on your behalf. <clears throat> he's working all things together for your good right now. Right now, God's working all things together for your good. But we don't always see that because we hear the lie or the, the, or the cycle that we've been caught in. And the Holy Spirit is breaking off those cycles in your life. He's breaking off those patterns of believing in your life so that you can see and embrace all that God's doing in your life. Amen? Why don't you stand with me this morning? I have about 10 other reasons. So I'm not going to get to them all this morning. I knew I wasn't, so you'll have to tune in next week. Tune in, tune in next week, the same time, same bat channel, same location. Tune in next week and you can get the rest. Come back next week. <clears throat> Pray in the Spirit. Here's what we're going to do. I, I said this last week. We did it last week. And the Lord just challenged me last Sunday that every Sunday between now and Pentecost, at the end of service, to make it a point for all of us present to come to the altar and just pray in the Spirit. That's the objective. There's no objective to pray for people. No one, you know, I don't want anyone praying for people. I just want you to come and pray in the Spirit. Now, last week, the, the, the Lord led us to pray for people who need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if he does that, then that's fine. But our, our initial objective in all this is that we're not, we're not praying for people. We're just coming to pray in the Spirit, intercede and pray in the Spirit. So I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat. Come join me around the front. We're just going to come around the front and pray in the Spirit together. Just lift our voice, singing and praying in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. If you need to leave, you're free to go, but, but we're just going to spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost.
And if, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, this doesn't mean you can't come. If you, do, if you don't have, if you're not praying in tongues, if this isn't part of your life, you still come. Maybe while you're standing here, you'll receive, you'll receive today, even as you stand here and worship. So this is a safe space. This is a safe place in the presence of the Lord to just let him increase in your life. This is a safe place. Just forget about who's around you, what's happening around you. Just receive. Just pray in the spirit and just receive from the Lord. Increase the language in your life. Increase that prayer language. 